成功的秀。Such a great day! Oh, sun is shining. It's so hot. I hate LA. <laughs> Get me out of here. I know that was forced positivity because it's supposed to be 110 all week, and my ass does not have air conditioning, and it's a daily struggle. Wait, but I'm actually not joking about it being a great day because we have two awesome women here who co-founded a business that is for women by women and all about women. Yes, and it,、um, we're so excited to have them. The queens, the new queens of our lives, Afton Vetchery and Carly Lehi, are here for Modern Fertility. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here.、Um, I feel very excited about this because I know I know very little about fertility, and I'm just kind of like, can you? Most women don't. No, unless you. It's not too late, but unless you're like, damn, okay, I need to have a baby. I'm gonna finally go to a doctor and like get the answers, and you're probably like, fuck, why didn't I learn about this when I was in my twenties or in my early thirty? Like, it's something that we. We gotta have the tools and we gotta get the knowledge. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Because I feel like you、totally. just—you never know. Are you gonna be a person that's just gonna get pregnant like that? Is it gonna be some? Are you gonna be someone that it's gonna take you a really long time, a lot of struggles? And I don't like. I remember a few years ago, I was just curious and I asked my doctor, "What can I do?" And she just told me about the anti-malarian. Hormone test, which、yeah. I did, which I don't even really remember what that told me and if it meant anything. I'm just curious, like, I I, I want to know about the business, but <laughs> we want to know about the business. We, we want to know, know about your guys' experience with fertility. What got you into this this crazy world in the first place? Or like, what is this test? What does it do? I know. <laughs>、oh、we're all never bombarded guests with this many questions. <laughs> I know. Good. It's good. It's good. We've it's never been、uh, this scared. I know. Start we, that dialogue. We're、ladies. fertility stupid. We'll. Yeah. It right now, we're fertility dumb. We're fertility stupid. We need you guys to make us fertility. I don't want to say smart, but passable. Like aware, could, aware. Fertility woke. Yeah. Oh, I like fertility woke. Yeah. So what is what is your business? Let's start there. What is this product? So, Modern Fertility is a women's health company focused on making fertility information more accessible to women earlier in life.、Mm. So that, like, exactly, like this dialogue is why we started Modern Fertility. We felt that today everything was focused on preventing pregnancy up until you were trying, and then it was just total black box without the information that we needed to know what was going on in our own bodies. And so, Modern Fertility really was started to close the information gap, and then the the boxes that you're holding. Right now, our fertility hormone tests that you can either do at home or by swinging by a local lab, or just—it's the easy first step to getting that information about your fertility hormones and what's going on in your own body. So this is a kit that, similar to Twenty Three and Me, in, this, in the vein of you give it a little bit of your—in this case, it's a little blood, right?、Mm-hmm. And you, everything you need comes in this kit, and it's and we send this back to you, and then you tell us what what do you tell us? 
Yeah, so you collect your sample either at home or by swinging by lab if you prefer. Mm -hmm. And then you will get uh, access to a dashboard that has personalized hormone reports that walk you through what your hormone levels are and how they relate to fertility. And then you can also join our weekly webinar, which we fondly refer to as an eggnar. Oh. <laughs> and get a, a one on one consultation with a fertility nurse if you want to chat um, and have questions. And then you can connect with other women around questions that you have. Mm. Yeah. So this will, when we get the answers to the answers, once we get the results. I like answers better. <laughs> I'm, I do. I'm so dumb on this topic. No, I, no we can it. dig in. I'm like, let's get science. Let's, let's get let's science. Let's dig into some of the science. So oh, the, the hormone that you mentioned before, anti-malarian hormone, is a proxy of ovarian reserve. And ovarian reserve is one of the things that we test for. So the way ovarian reserve works is it's basically a proxy of how many eggs you have left in your ovaries right now. And so the way that measuring anti-malarian hormone works is you have all of these follicles in your ovaries and every follicle has an egg in it or most of them do and then in the cells surrounding the follicles they secrete this hormone called anti-malarian hormone and by measuring anti-malarian hormone it's this proxy of how many eggs you have for your age or eggs you have at that moment and understanding how many eggs you have there's kind of a, a certain amount of anti-malarian hormone that is normal for your age and so understanding where you are on that spectrum can give you insight into your overall reproductive health so for example uh, the kind of three main things that we look for with ovarian reserve is age of menopause onset success in IVF or egg freezing or looking at other red flags and so for menopause onset, for example, the average woman in the in America hits it at 51 years old, but you start to go through perimenopause about 10 years before that. So if you think of somebody that's 40 today, they can definitely get pregnant. It happens, but it's not it's not totally normal. It's still like kind of a big deal if it happens. Mm -hmm. But let's say you're at risk for hitting menopause a little bit earlier. Let's say uh, you know 47 as opposed to to 51. Then at 37, your body is starting to go through those same effects. And for women. To today, like millennials are waiting longer than any other generation in the history of the U.S. to even start their families. And that might be kid one, that might be kid two, that might be kid three. And so this type of information, the earlier that you have it and then tracking it over time, it just is this window to what's going on in your own body. And the only way that you can measure it is by looking inside. There's no, doesn't matter how much yoga or healthy food you, or you dewy eat. dewy skin you have. Yeah, or dewy skin. It, uh. Wait, so are you, are you, just to clarify, are you saying that the anti-malarian hormone is what will tell you if you are predisposed to an early menopause? Is that It has of? been correlated with hitting menopause slightly earlier or slightly later than average. So huh. one of the big issues that we saw in talking about reproductive health is that everything's about averages. You're, we hear all the time, you know, your fertility goes off a cliff at... 35. Right. You hit menopause, you know, at 50 something, but every single woman's body is different. And we know that we have better predictors of future fertility than just age alone. And so we're focused on taking all of the latest clinical research, talking with leading physicians all across the U.S., and then taking all of that information, consolidating it, and helping you navigate what all of these hormones mean. And so the only way that you can fully measure fertility is by successfully having a baby, but there's so much more that you can do along the way to just have a, a toolkit to start to get the information to make the decisions that are right for you. Mm. These There's so many things that you're saying that are speaking to me. The biggest one is like we've all heard 35 is when it goes off the rails but just like what you said is so it's like striking a passion within me it's like 
everyone's different and those are averages it's different for everyone and I feel like I need to repeat that to myself over and over again like the average does not mean that's what I am like for example I have 40 to 45 day cycles for my period and I know that that's above that's not average it's different and but some people say that's totally fine that's just how you are but some people be like well that's not the average there's something wrong with you I don't know if there is something wrong with me but I just know that I'm so conditioned to believe that the average is the right one and if you're not the right one then there's something wrong with you and or you're definitely the same as everyone else it just it's really speaking to me that you're trying to like blow that up and be like no there's everyone's different and I actually went I feel like I've been going through this last few years because I did just turn 30 I'm like well I need to at least be it needs to be on my mind like I have always been the kind of person who's like I'll have kids when I'm 40 like it's not a big deal I'm gonna I wanna I'm not a I don't see myself as like the young mom whatever you know like I want to do my have my career whatever and have kids later but then I realized oh that's not a guarantee and I want to I don't want to have kids today but I want to be educating myself I want to learn as much about myself in this area as I can and this is so interesting that you know when we've heard about you guys because it is a resource that I had never heard of that is very it just it's applicable to me at this age it's important for every a lot of women's toolkits yes and I want to ask um because we, I know we wanted to, f- to do the test before you guys got here, but we didn't get a chance to. D- do you have a sample of results, or do you guys want to throw yourselves out in the ring and talk about you? Or or, can, or you can, don't have to be specific if you don't want to, and just tell us, like, specifically, what are the answers that we're getting? And yes, I did say answers, because I think I like answers better than results. Yeah, when we get the test back, what is it going to tell us besides... What is it going to tell us? Yeah, what else? I yeah, don't... so I'll preface this with saying if you go to our website, you can actually put in your email and download Afton's real I fertility saw that. profile. I saw that. That's very brave. Her real hormones, her re- the real breakdown, and, and to get an example of what it looks like. And the reason that we did that is it, it is exactly what you were saying about averages. I mean, there's so much in fertility and infertility that's stigmatized today. And so uh, when I decided to put my own results in the site, it was really, you know, this is just what's going on in my body. It's not good or bad it's just it's what's there mm-hmm. and I need to understand it and understand what's going on and uh, I ha- there's little like notes <laughs> in my report about kind of what uh, how, what I was thinking and what these different things meant for, for me and so um, yeah do you want to talk a little bit about the yeah so specifically if you if you type in type in your email you can see you can see exactly what the that summary report might look like but we walk you through uh, just like Afton mentioned how your hormone levels relate to potential success in egg freezing or IVF so potential success yes okay should we dive into that yeah a let's, bit? Di- let's dive into that if you uh, if you go to see a reproductive endocrinologist and you're interested in one of these fertility treatments they will use hormone testing to help assess how many eggs you might be able to retrieve in a cycle hmm. okay so do you know how egg freezing works have you guys the only thing I know is that it's not a guarantee and it's kind of been marketed towards women that it's a guarantee and that's really shady 
be because it's not. It's definitely not. I know they use starbursts a lot to illustrate how there can be good eggs and bad eggs in a batch. That's, is <laughs> that from Angela's it. Insta story? <laughs> I've seen I've seen that in a bunch of places. I feel like all the like, I feel like on the Kardashians they did starbursts. Really? I feel like that's a big fertility. Oh, the smush starburst was a bad. Or egg? they do like different colors of starbursts oh. or candy to illuminate. To, that definitely happened. Wait, to Chloe to look into when that. she went in. But so many women ask us, should I should I freeze my eggs? And to that we say the first question should probably be, what's going on in my body? You know, why why is it this big, invasive, very expensive procedure that is that is the first step? Yeah, you have, have to be put to sleep for them to get the eggs. That always kind of scares me. Yeah, the it's, way that I think about egg freezing is it's a it's an amazing procedure. The fact that we mm-hmm. can take and, and harvest all of these eggs and the fact that, you know, women going through chemotherapy have an option to have their, you know, eggs unfrozen or a, a chance to have them unfrozen later on. And statistically, I mean, it's it's interesting, but I what you said, I, I'm so glad you said it because it's, it's not an insurance policy. It just changes the odds. Mm-hmm. And so the way that it works, though, is basically based on number the number of eggs that you have in your ovaries at that time, that's kind of like the the max number that you could extract during a procedure. And based on how many you have, there's like a target number for every age uh, to have a successful live birth or, or child in the end. And so understanding where your ovarian reserve is on that spectrum can help you decide, okay, is this something that, um, w- am I going to have to do multiple cycles uh, so going through that entire process multiple times to achieve that goal. And uh, if I do want to have kids even later in life, what's the the risk that I might have to or be deciding if I want to pursue IVF or not? And so having that piece of information just around how many eggs you have, it's it's a one piece of, of a plan. So that's what we refer to on so, the IVF or egg freezing. So just to clarify, yeah. what, you're, what are you saying that this kit will tell you that will help tell you if you're a can a good candidate for egg freezing or not just I'm and I'm sorry I'm being repetitive here it's it's a tricky no, topic and I want to really I want to <laughs> walk away knowing my shit so or is it the anti-malarian hormone that will tell you about your egg if you're a good candidate for egg freezing and is it just that if you if it looks like you have a lot of eggs left or is that am I getting that right yeah, so basically, let's say that you know you're you're 30 years old and you have a normal anti-malarian hormone level, then okay, you can go through IVF or, or egg freezing. Uh, egg freezing is basically the the first half of IVF, and you uh, will have a likelihood of getting a certain number of eggs, which will give you a certain likelihood, as you said, mm-hmm. it's it's all mm-hmm. um, ratios of of having a successful live birth later. Let's say that you're 30 and you have a really low anti-malarian hormone level, just not not good or bad but just lower than average for your age. What that means is you have less eggs in your ovaries. And so going through that stimulation protocol, you'll just retrieve less eggs when you go through that whole cycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you might have, it might be recommended that you do it again and potentially pay for another procedure in order to achieve that family planning goal of having, you know, enough eggs frozen. And so for some of the women that we talk to that are considering doing this, um, AMH, actually, it's not an impactor and your, uh, it doesn't impact your ability to get pregnant right now. Natural fertility is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We can get into that. It's a, a proxy of looking at, you know, how many eggs you have and thinking through that timeline. So for example, if I'm 30 and my levels are are normal, uh, I might wait uh, and look at my levels again next year and see where they are. Whereas, you know, if I'm 
30 and, and they're low, I might be having a slightly different conversation just about my, my overall timing if that's something that I'm, I'm choosing to do and want to, to start to think about. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll take a quick break. This might be a weird question, but are the answers we get from this test going to illuminate us to like other areas in our life that these hormones can affect? Or is it mm-hmm. pretty much just fertility, like a purely fertility answers? Or is it going to tell us like, oh, am I uh, maybe PCOS adjacent yeah. or am mm-hmm. I uh, are there? Is there something that indicates I could have like some other hormonal deficiencies that I should talk to my doctor about? Yeah. Are we going to maybe get some answers from doing this test that might clue us into some Total. other your reproductive other health is a lens into your general health. So mm-hmm. PCOS is is a really um, great example. So uh, ovarian reserve anti-malarian hormone. Um, the diagnosis for PCOS it's called the Rotterdam criteria, and it's basically just a, a checklist <laughs> that you go through with your doctor to look at these factors. And there's this whole kind of discussion going around in the clinical community right now about using hormone testing as a part of that overall diagnosis. And mm-hmm. so. Three of the hormones that that we looked at look at um, anti-malarian ho- hormone, uh, testosterone, and prolactin are three of those hormones that kind of paint that picture of. PCOS and that phenotype. So while we don't diagnose PCOS, what we do is educate you that, hey, uh, you know, your AMH levels, your ovarian reserve is really high. That often has been found to correlate with PCOS. And that's something mm-hmm. that you can go talk to your doctor about. So we, we've we talked to, to women that ha- don't even know what PCOS is or how prevalent it is that it affects so many women um, and that it can affect their ovulation and all the, these other issues in their, their life. It, cardiovascular health, just this this whole array of, <laughs> of general health. And so just having this information and checking in and getting that baseline is just so impactful. Mm. And I also, I read on the website that it, this test will also educate you on if you're, is it ovulating regularly? Can you how does it how does it tell you that yeah so one of the hormones we look at is luteinizing hormones so lh and by doing that on day three and just seeing if that's in kind of the the normal reference range it's one measure to look at just ovulation patterns and if you're ovulating normally and so Mm -hmm. it's another you know we we say you know hormones are the the lens to (laughs) looking at our our overall health and by seeing if you're in the the normal reference range for those different indications it's just a, a kind of snapshot on if that's happening happening as it should. And I think that's a really important point. Hormones are one piece of the puzzle and a really, really important piece. And if we have access to those pieces as data points, let's use them. Um, But they are not an absolute crystal ball. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean um, you will or will not be able to have children. Um, But Mm -hmm. what it does do is give you something that you can track over time, keep tabs on, and take a little bit more ownership and control over something that is otherwise just a, oh, I guess I'll wait and see, or I guess I'll get worried about this, or I guess I just won't know yeah it's so much better to know and I'm finding that you'd think in a world today where we have as more information than possible more access to tools access to the internet access to all this stuff you'd think we'd be living in this renaissance where we know everything that's going on in our bodies but I'm finding that that's not the case at all and I've been on a health journey recently trying to figure out like if I'm I, I was trying to figure out if I had PCOS and all these other things and I've talked about this on the podcast before but I had to ask my doctor to run a lot of blood tests I received I got pushback 
when I asked her on a lot of this stuff. And I'm like, it shouldn't be. First of all, our doctors in a dream world would be like helping us and going, let's run your hormones. Like, let's find out what's going on in your body. But I guess that's not really in every doctor's best interest to really take the time to do a deep dive on every patient until they're actually sick. But it's 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 just crazy. Fertility health is reactive it's not proactive and we can get into the the broader healthcare system but it's it's really hard in a 15 minute well visit to get into these details about your overall reproductive health and timeline and fertility isn't nationally on a national level isn't federally reimbursed and so when you start to get this information and think about okay what's next what's next it's it's just different than the way that we approach care and and a lot of other conditions. So this was actually my introduction to this company and the, the fertility space. And so I'm, I'm super passionate about just women having access to this information. And I had the exact same experience with my OBGYN when I started asking for this type of testing. And I just had to work really hard to get the information Push. for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I did, Push it was hard. just, it was so impactful. Beg. And she, then I don't know if your insurance is going to cover this. <laughs> why do you want me to run that? Like, why shouldn't I know what the fuck is up with my hormones and what the fuck is up with my own fertility it's it's scary stuff. when I got this testing done and I finally so I asked my OB for the test they said oh no like you don't have to worry about that but I knew that I wanted this information because my introduction to this space was actually back when I was on the investing side working in private equity uh, learning the business and science and talking to all these doctors uh, to make an investment in the space mm-hmm. uh, but I also at that time uh, learned the emotional aspect of fertility I was talking to all these women in clinics that just nobody had told them that fertility declined with age and they nobody had told them that IVF didn't work all of the time and so that experience really stuck with me and so when I went to I knew I wanted to have kids later in life and so when I actually went to get this type of testing done uh, and I got that pushback I I kept fighting so I went to a reproductive endocrinologist to get the testing ordered Um, and then at first it was really hard to get it interpreted when I did it was just so impactful and it was just this lens and this information that that I needed to make the decisions that were right for me. Uh, but then I got a bill in the mail two weeks later for $1,500. Yeah, <gasps> running these running these tests yeah. a lot of money. And so it was really at that point, it was this that exact conversation that was happening. I was talking to my friends, friends of friends, and then eventually hundreds of women and just realizing that nobody had access to the information about their fertility, about their reproductive health, but they wanted to know it. And so that was why we started Modern Fertility. We wanted to make this information as accessible as possible uh, just to, to women so that they could press a button and <laughs> work with, with doctors to, to just get get insight into this. All and for the reasonable price of $199. <laughs> is this the kit's $199? Okay, good. I wanted to cover that. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you guys ever thought about going into doing a similar test that would run not just your fertility indicating hormones, but all your hormones or a at-home blood prick test that would measure if you have high thyroid antibodies or these other areas? Or do you guys feel really passionate about fertility and want to kind of stay in that lane? Yeah. I feel like this is a really cool business model. Obviously, it's owned by, or excuse me, was founded by two amazing women. And I just feel like this is a really powerful this has the potential to be a really powerful tool in a woman's arsenal and not just in matters related to fertility. So we test thyroid levels and free thyroxine oh, in, in the kit. In there. And wow. we Yum. give you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
You just got owned. <laughs> I had no idea. But because they are impactful in fertility and the interpretation on them is uh, through the lens of fertility. So what's really interesting, and we, we have this awesome medical advisory board, uh, and we just have these discussions with them. And uh, the the clinical recommendation is that you should actually get your thyroid level testing. Is It's pretty controversial, um, but definitely before you're trying to have kids, you should test your thyroid levels. Really? It can really impact the de- development of um, the, the pregnancy. And uh, what's interesting, though, is a lot of women, like it's not common behavior to when I'm going to start trying to have a kid to like go talk to my doctor and tell them I'm going to start trying and then be like okay, cool, I'm glad we're on the, the same page and then go start trying. And so uh, we test for these hormones and do it through the, the, or give all of the interpretation through the lens of fertility. And so that's what was super important to us. But yeah, I think in terms of the business model, fertility is really, really complicated. Uh, the interactions of all of these hormones, uh, keeping up with all of the latest clinical research and working with physicians across the U.S. to just make that digestible. We, <laughs> we are so, we go really, really deep and right now just the the focus is this is such a huge problem in itself of just the awareness and giving this information to to women and providing access that we are 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 staying uh pretty pretty focused you have full (laughs) plates as it is fair enough you could say that i mean look if brigitte nelson can get pregnant at how does anyone have the receipts on that yeah how she like become she's like pregnant at like fifty plus, right? Janet Jackson did it. Janet Jackson did it. Yep. Will this test make me Janet Jackson? <laughs> so we I'm, we're sorry. This is will make you Brigitte. <laughs> I'll take Brigitte. We also hear this all the time. You know, so and so so and so celebrity had kids at forty five or fifty two. Uh, doesn't that mean doesn't that mean I'll be fine? And and what we don't hear a ton of is the struggle it took to get there, the money, the, money. the treatments, um, being married to a billionaire Saudi <laughs> prince like Janet is. Exactly. Helps. And and it can be tough when that's what we see uh, in front of us to to really kind of dissect what 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 the real science looks like behind it. So uh, we we hear that a lot, and and we're just uh, we're committed to helping women really decipher what's true for them and um, and and how they can go about finding the right the right next steps. The thing that's so cool about it to me, and I know you said it's not a crystal ball by any means, but for me, I am very curious. Like, I'm not ready to try, but I'm really curious what it's going to be like. And I have no idea because, like, my mom, I know my mom and my sister both got pregnant really fast, really easy. But my grandma on my other side, like, had a really hard time, was only ever able to have one child, and it was like, oh my God, it was such a miracle that it happened. And so I just, I feel like I have no sense of what's going to happen, but I also don't want to try at all. <laughs> so I feel like this kit is like, I'm kind of like the right person for it because I want to at least know whatever I can know without trying basically yeah and I think we're both in that same boat we're we're not ready for kids um whenever my fiance asks when we're gonna have kids he wants to have kids yesterday I tell him five years um (laughs) even though it's been every I tell him five years every time we talk about it Mm um but just knowing where you stand with the science can help you sort of figure out where where you actually fall yeah and um you know you don't have to be you don't have to be seeking out baby stuff in order to wrap your mind around fertility I think Mm -hmm. a part of me while Afton was really steeped in this in the fertility space I was definitely on that career track I was like I don't want to be bothered 
with baby stuff or fertility information. And then when I started digging into the science and realizing how much I did not know and how easily I could have I could have shut that out instead of thinking, you know what, this is actually really empowering information, empowering data points that can help me own these decisions. Uh, it 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 kind of blew my mind and I well, couldn't stop thinking about what it. What was something that surprised you the most when you started to look into this kind of stuff? I mean, everything. The fact the fact that you start with a finite number of eggs and they yeah. they leave your body every month. Like how many? Like when we're born? Yeah. To, yeah around two Babies. million two million eggs. And then they just slowly dwindle. You don't get yes. new eggs. No new Isn't eggs. Crazy? Zero at menopause. Lots of new sperm, no new eggs. Yet another way in which the patriarchy has ruined your life. <laughs> and what a good way to, to take some ownership over it if you know your data and and you can you can you can make decisions based off of that instead of just sort of wondering or making decisions you feel like you should make because you might be an arbitrary age. Mm. It's it's twenty eighteen. Yeah, at our that. office warming, we did fertility trivia. And uh, it was it was a hit. I don't think anyone won. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> this we was not just our the modern fertility. Everyone employees. had to draw this the female like reproductive and system, and it was like all over the place, <laughs> just oh, crazy. Yeah. Kind of looks like a gentleman's face. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like a, a dog with floppy ears. To mm. me, uh huh. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's a we beautiful thing. stuff. Clearly, it's a beautiful thing. I can tell you about Brigitte Nelson, but I can't tell you where the where a fucking ovary is. <laughs> Sad but true. You what? Will, you will be able to now. You guys have such an interesting... I kind of want to hear more about yeah. like the path to starting this company. And how you guys met, how you guys decided to found this company yeah, we together. Have, we, we've gotten a little taste, but maybe, yeah, tell us more about... Because I know a lot of our, our listeners always want to know when we have female founders on mm. how they came to starting a business, what were like some of the hurdles they had to get over. Just, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, I guess we we touched on this a little bit before, but yeah. I was working in private equity and uh, was really just steeped in the numbers of fertility. So I was looking. I mean, when you're working in, in finance, you're looking at like the growth of these sectors, but sometimes getting the the human aspect of what's happening that that's another step. And so I just remember just being so fascinated and just sad that fertility was was growing <laughs> at, at such a crazy rate. And, you know, as I said, the learning the business, learning the science, but then really just talking to women and understanding the emotional aspect, that left such an impact on me. And so I left finance. I'd always been really interested in personalized medicine. So worked at um, just a variety of, of startups in the Bay Area, most recently 23andMe. Mm-hmm. And while I was at 23andMe, that's when I got my fertility tested. And after those conversations with so many women about, you know, realizing that this was was such a gap and that n- nobody had the, the tools to, to think about it, uh, I just, I, I knew it had to exist. Uh, but, you know, as we were also talking about before, I I knew that the the stigma around fertility it's it's something that's there and it, it shouldn't be and so I wanted to find a co-founder that just had a really really strong background in kind of brand content marketing and uh, Carly and I were introduced in what we like to refer to as the most epic introductory email of all time. <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> wow. It was it was like goddess meet goddess. That's kind so of thing. funny. And we were like oh thank oh, thank you. E wow, it it's nice to eat. I like you guys like e meet each other. We it was an e meet. I good. love an, an yeah. epic introductory yeah. epic email. Intro you just, e-meet, guys, I you never know. Emails. I don't have nearly enough of those happening to me in my <laughs> daily life. I could use a couple more of those per week. That's really beautiful. We can orchestrate that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Introduce me to some more goddesses, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. 
and let's take a quick break. Um, okay, so you guys were introduced in an epic e-meet. Damn, uh-huh. that's inspiring right there. I know, yep. that's so awesome. <laughs> Who knew? Epic e-meet, and as, as I mentioned, I was not nearly as steeped in the fertility space as Afton was. I was working at Uber at the time. Mm. Um, and before that was at Google for a couple of years. You guys so are such like North Northern we're California. We're so San Francisco. You guys are like so Silicon Valley <laughs> startup culture, or like nap pods. I feel like you guys have seen your fair share of nap pods. We're the, the we're the new wave guys. The new wave the new wave looks good. What do you mean? I want more dirt on Silicon Valley now. <laughs> oh, what what are the Tech kitchens bros. like? Yeah. Is there just like every bottle of coffee snacks and like the Uber uh, kitchens, the twenty three me kitchens? What's one time I free thing. One time I went to my friends, I, my visit my friend at LinkedIn in Northern California, and I just had a big tote, and he was like, "You can really just take whatever you want." And I filled up a tote with like some of the best free snacks. To this day, I've never seen a setup like Dude, this at an office. Do you remember what? what you got? Oh my god! I mean, they had like sandwiches, but like really high quality pre made sandwiches. Jerkies, nuts, really good bars. I mean, it, but it wasn't just like your crunchy nature valleys. It was like, oh, like yeah, high level. Oh, those shit. like refrigerated granola bars. Have you had those? No. Oh, um, you know what I'm ones? talking about? The There's the a few little, different kinds. Like, green packet. Yeah, they're like super oh, fresh. Like olive things too. I, when I went to Facebook in New York, Ooh. I also like just oh, the yeah, different types of it. chips, and they have a cafeteria there. Oh, is it? But it's, it's like free. This? Yeah, a free cafeteria. You just go in and get... You guys don't know how lucky you are. Is it like that for you guys? Or for... Have you seen that? In your experiences. We we are a... We are a scrappy startup. And we, we, we keep it real. Well, no. so in our experiences, like, yes. <laughs> you guys have seen some crazy that, Well, so I have a theory. So, and I, I think that, you know, part of when you're starting a company, you get to pick the culture. You get to, like, decide if you're going to pay for lunch or not. But it's this kind of crazy thing where I, I do think that there's a lot of entitlement. But one of the things that we screen for is just, like, when we're talking to these potential employees, like, how do they think about these things? And then we just have to, like, you just have to talk about them and you have to explicitly decide, like, are we going to pay for everyone's lunch? because that's what every other company does or, or not. And I have this um, you know, theory on what I like to call luxury fruit. And I just, I don't think oh that startups should have fruit. luxury fruit. Tell, okay, let's talk about this. This is important. So uh, your basic office fruit, I think every yeah. office owes it to their employees to have bananas. Banana, they have bananas. bananas. Oh. Yep. And oranges. oranges. We do. Yeah. Weather depending. But then the other kind, it's just having like raspberries every single day. No, that, that is like, cost prohibitive. The, it is cost prohibitive. And you just have to draw the line somewhere. That's true. I think your luxury fruit line is a good line. I will also say that when you start early in your career and you show up on, on the Google campus, there is a hoarding mentality. It's how many tampons can I take from the yeah. bathroom? How many power bars can I take for later? And my roommates at the time loved that they had an endless supply of tampons and bananas. And this was at Google or Uber? At Google. And then we'd have a drawer in the house and that's where the stuff would go. So I think that was the best to be able to sort of you know, how, distribute the tampons. How was Uber's? Fr- did they have some free supplies? You know, it's all, it's all, it's all kind of the same stuff. Mm. Did they have luxury fruit? They had some. They had some fancy fruits. Okay, here and there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that's like a sunk cost. Yeah. I think. Like, okay, I'll tell you the number one thing that feels a little uh, uh, is the spa water. Oh, yeah. I love a spa water moment. Yeah. Like but, bottled or just like oh, some tap, baby. Yeah, and a little, you know. Thing. Uh, you guys ever worked at a place? I'm sorry, this interview has taken like, <laughs> a dark turn. This like uh, this is like this. We're, we're, we're like trying to get all this like dirty info. I feel like, but you have to understand, you know, in entertainment, we're treated like garbage. Yeah, which by the way, this like the tech boom is what 
like it's like 90s sitcoms used to be we got we just got into our field at the wrong time oh totally we could have had can't this. you demand all blue m&ms no, no. it's not no. those are the myths oh, those of, are the good old the, days yeah honey okay on a cable network like you're not getting any m&ms no you're not even getting off-brand m&ms By your own you're own. getting the you're brown m&ms costco have you guys ever seen uh kombucha on tap at a workplace yeah <gasps> definitely right that's just like that's, that's like crazy that's like entry state. level shit yeah. that's entry level <laughs> yes I've been known I have been known to abuse a kombucha on tap <gasps> have you okay what else okay yep. have you oh do you have like those big cereal machines where you like it's not just little boxes of cereal but you like tw- it's like a dining hall where oh, you like yeah. twist and it just we dispenses we would have cereal messes like you really have to understand the oh and the what rate. kind of milk <laughs> options would be at your fancy besides obviously a soy you'd have a classy almond I imagine sweetened almond for sure there's an almond we have we have unsweetened almond in our fridge right now because that's what I that's what I like so do we and I know you make your own what's the word on the street about oat milk in the tech community has it hit you guys yet I haven't seen really it's in the coffee shops yeah. Here and there. Okay. Yeah. But we've been out yeah. of the tech world. Or we've been out of big company for a while. So, yeah, yeah maybe if that's really new, uh, how new is oat milk? It's definitely like when the last like year shit has been it's, popping off. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's peaking. We have yeah. to understand can, your past. We can serve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your past. Past. Yeah. Now, where are you guys both from? I grew up in Boston. Oh, where? Can you tell from my, my Boston accent? Proper Boston accent? We're in Boston. I grew up right outside of Boston in a town called Weston. Okay, my yeah. boyfriend is from Needham. Oh, yeah. I know Needham. Good oh. people. Smart people. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Your boyfriend's yeah. smart. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. And where did you grow up? And I'm from a small town in Maryland. Oh. Yeah, Woodbine, Maryland. You guys are such good, good girls. East good, Coast. Smart. Smart, smart ladies. What are we? <laughs> Trash. Dirty no. slobs with a podcast. We co founded this podcast. We're going to send in no. our blood and it's going to come back and be like, this was 50% chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know how to test it. 30% vitamin oh. C serum, though. Oh, yeah. There'll be some serums that'll show up on my blood. Oh, my God. I. Ugh. No, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, you guys have such an authentic dialogue and like you just talk about what you're thinking. And I feel like if that was happening in all of healthcare right now, that would just be crazy because what happens is is the system's complex and nobody takes the time to actually like dive in and break it down and so the fact that you are just so curious and you're diving into the, these things like that's what's going to change the world like our company can't exist unless people are talking about it and people are actually talking about why they care and so I am just such a fan of, of what you guys are doing and well, what, what you bring not to interrupt but I, like just bringing up talking about it and how the medical community is like just kind of I don't know outdated or whatever our like one of my best friends is a like a regular guest on the show Angela Trimber she's an actress and our she's like one of our all time most downloaded episodes people love her she was just diagnosed with breast cancer and she had even said that she noticed a lump like maybe a year ago and the doctor just kind of brushed her off and was like oh yeah we just had those little lumps and a year later it was she found out that exact lump was breast cancer and to me it's like there's no if there's no clearer message here that's you have to be your own advocate because you have to be it's why, a matter of life or death yes and why are we like trained to think oh the doctors have our backs like they'll trust the doctors they do, no but they don't no I mean they really some do maybe but and then literally a week after Angela's thing uh, she was diagnosed with cancer and I saw that she said she had 
noticed it before and was brushed off. My dad has had this like voice problem for years and he like his doctors are like, no, we, we don't see anything. It's all good. And then like he tried this spray for three months and they're like, we don't need to see you after the end of three months. Like you'll let us know if it, he's like, no, I'm going to go back in. I want you guys to look at me again. He decided he's going back in. What happens? They find something. They're like, oh, we see a lump on your vocal cord. It could be cancer. We don't know. We're going to do a biopsy. And I'm like, wow, that only happened because he said, I'm going back in. Nobody said, come back and check it. It's you're not no one's holding your hand no one's helping people are there to help you i shouldn't be so negative but to me those are two back-to-back instances that tell you you have to be your own advocate and it's hard as a woman to be assertive we're trained to like yeah in some ways you know accept what we're told not ask for too much not be pushy not be aggressive don't be crazy it's embarrassing yeah it's embarrassing to seem crazy it's embarrassing to like ask that one last question about your health but we need to change the dialogue, flip the script, and be the crazy bitch inside that ask, you need to be for your own good. Yeah, ask the questions. I mean, just like yeah. I had a similar experience to you when I asked about like, hey, is there any way to indicate like my fertility? Is there a fertility test? She just was like, oh, we'll test that hormone. And then she didn't go into what it meant. Like, I just, again, it's like no one wants to take the time to help you. We're busy enough as is. I mean, it sucks to, it's kind of overwhelming to think, okay, another thing on my plate, I have to become my own biggest health advocate and Jeez. like figure out what's wrong with me and I have to go to medical down school. doctors. I know, I'm like, as if I weren't busy enough. I have Love Island episodes to watch. Do you guys know what Love Island is? Yeah. I'm obsessed. We'll, we'll circle back to that. But I have Big Brother three nights a week. What, like... I started think of that. tell you, by the way, Love Island, I didn't realize when I told you about it, it's this British reality show that I've gotten really into this weekend. It <laughs> goes on for six weeks. You know, it airs live, and there's ep- new episodes every night. So each season of Love Island has 60 episodes. Shut up. Where do you watch it? It's all on Hulu. But I don't know when it's live where you watch it. Anyway, we'll circle back. I'm deep in. Very deep. So what were we talking about? Love Island. Think I, you, I'm such big fans of you guys from Love Island. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys are here. (laughs) No, well, I think that, you know, what we talk about all the time is just you have to be an advocate for your own health. And I think that, you know, when we think about the healthcare system today, it just, you know, there's some, every doctor is different. We work with some awesome doctors, uh, but, you know, fertility information, um, it's a separate kind of subspecialty on top of being an OBGYN to actually be a reproductive endocrinologist. I see. So it'd be like going to your primary care physician about a cancer diagnosis. It's just, it's a different set of knowledge, right? Yeah. And so our... It's uh, like asking the employee at IHOP for a free (laughs) coupon and they're like, that's over, you have to talk to a supervisor. That's a Panera coupon. But how are you supposed to know, But how are you supposed to know? It's, you know, your OB seems like your reproductive Sherpa and, Mm. and, and it's hard to understand where things were things overlap that's interesting my OB happens to be a fertility doctor I think primarily like I've never seen a girl my age in that entire office so I'm kind of like I'm just setting myself yeah. up for later you know but I didn't well there's realize. some OBs that have a specialty and so there's some OBs mm. that have focused on that and it's you can really you know you can craft your career however you want uh, but what we have an initiative now that's focused on just you know broader and broader education and how can we you know even bring OBs into the education about all of these hormones 
conditions and you know what fertility clinics are are testing for. Uh, but it's yeah, it's about how we can disseminate this information and just you know make people their their own advocates. We built uh, we had so many women <laughs> asking us questions about you know how should I talk about this with my doctor that we actually built a doctor discussion guide where we go into all of these questions mm, and we just so kind of helpful. consolidate all of the information that we've learned and it really just is a it's a way to it can be awkward to start it can be awkward to start the, the, the question yeah if you don't have the right tools you don't have the right questions you can just be like um um do you watch love island i don't know it's awkward <laughs> yeah i think we all had so many just different personal experiences that that went into this so i when i was in college i actually found a huge lump in my left breast and through i was like putting on lotion and it was the craziest experience to just like have this insight right not know what to do about it and have to like navigate through and it was this super emotional experience where they actually lost my results and they i like didn't know what was happening or what i would have to do and it ended up being benign and I got it removed but just having all of these different experiences it's just you you realize you know even as as founders just the way that you want you know our customers to navigate through information whether it's medical or not just the amount of support that we want them to have and just having that like really human aspect to this whole conversation and and dialogue because you know everybody has a story everybody whether it's you Mm -hmm. or your friends and you know how can we create a just highly (laughs) technical and and complex company uh, around that science that just simplifies it and just makes it this like one-stop easy go-to like let's have an authentic dialogue let's let's start a discussion can you can you tell me a little bit more about what you mentioned at the the top about these webinars or whatever can you just tell me what those are what happens in them who participates yeah Uh, you mean our eggnars yes so in our Eganar, uh, we do it with a fertility nurse mm. who basically starts with a bit of Fertility 101, which I always love, even though I've seen it a million times, um, and walks you through kind of how this whole system works, how all mm. your hormones relate to fertility, mm. and you can actually anonymously ask questions. You can raise your hand and type in questions that she mm. can answer. So people want support in different ways. Some people are say, you know, sign me up. I'd like to talk one-on-one with somebody. Let's get into the nitty-gritty details. Other people say, I'd like to tune in during my lunch break to this webinar, get mm-hmm. some more information, ask some questions about my specific hormone levels and get some answers. Oh. So it's it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Uh, if you're if you're if you're anything like me, I like to do the, you know what, I don't really want to talk to somebody one on one. I'd like to just kind of be on the surface and get the information and ask in my own way, maybe in between my in between meetings or something. And so these these go up every once a week. Can yeah. you rewatch the old ones? Or are they live? We only watch. We them do live? them live. We do them live. Oh, they're live. Okay. They're all live. Okay. And you can always join another week if you can't if you can't make it that week. But gotcha. being live allows us to actually answer your questions real time, right. which is which is a bit more helpful. And is that is this, does everyone have access to that, or is that just if you've done the kit? It's just if you've done the test. Gotcha. So it's for your the yes. customers. I'd hope, okay. Yep. I'd hope so. <laughs> I right. hope it's for those people. Mm-hmm. And the test, it's so simple. So Esther and I both have it in our laps, and I'm opening it up right now. Wait, what is this? Because I, this is so cute. It's, it's, just, a little, it's just a little gift. It's a gift It comes with a little, little <laughs> coin purse that I, like, just am really into. A beautiful canvas coin purse that does not relate to your fertility or your health in any way whatsoever. It's a great little but it will fit. The, it will fit my two new Kosas lipsticks, so I'm very excited. Oh, Perfect. perfect. I mean, this is, it's so easy. It comes with land. First of all, the instructions are really clear and clean and easy, and the graphic design is completely on point, I have to say. You just give give your finger a poke. It's kind of like fun. You, like, drip the blood on this, like, 
crazy medical sheet and you have to like get enough blood droplets to like and then it's to go past a certain line that's kind of sick wait caroline will you do i mean should if, i do it right now no you do mine not right now do you want to do it right now i, I don't think it's sterile enough in here you have oh, to wash your hands first. Hands. It's super easy. It's just a, a simple prick, and you you go. Yeah. But yeah, washing I need, hands like, a is, is key. Surface. Will you prick <laughs> me when I'm ready? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Speaking of which, I had a huge like pimple on my back this weekend that almost had its own like consciousness. It was so big, <laughs> and I could not see it or reach it. And I almost you drove wanted- to your house to like have you just deal with it. But to have me check its fertility, I <laughs> needed to run this test on it. I think it was a small. I think it was a small baby attached to my back, but I'm not sure. Anyway, the test is really easy. It involves blood, which I find fun and sexy. Very like Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton. Like yeah. just drop some in the vial. <laughs> so does after. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you just pop it back in the back and send it back, and then you have results in 10 business days very cool yeah. very easy and very helpful to women thank you yeah you guys this is important i know thank you so much for being here this has been so enlightening and educational yes you guys hit me on my pressure points about the oh. medical community and how much i hate them oh yeah yeah, yeah. let's get riled up <laughs> i actually do have one more question this yeah. is kind of a personal question but i think it applies to people listening so you have to do the test on the third day of your period my period is usually like three days. Does that, do I just do it on the third day? Yep. Okay. So we have a little quiz on our site, and actually, when you go through the whole flow, we'll let you ask those exact questions. So everybody's cycle is different, and it's so funny. We get so many messages being like, maybe this is TMI, but, you know, XYZ about all these different things. We're like, and girl, lay it on us. Girl, let's do it. And glowing up, all and then the you'll things. learn what TMI yeah, really is. Yes. Uh, but every single person has a unique cycle, and yeah, we, we have one on one support that can help you pinpoint exactly when you should test. But yeah, day three, even if your cycle's three days, totally works all right well it's good to know that i have that resource and i can save my more embarrassing questions <laughs> for the privacy of a of an email exchange <laughs> um but oh, eganar yeah an eganar i love saying that doesn't that sound like a delicious dish yeah oh. hollandaise sauce on my eganar can i have a vegan <laughs> eganar there you go thank you guys so much for coming on the show yes thank you for having, for having us. us really happy we got so to fun. spread the word about this amazing test and, and the, the website is modernfertility.com that's it awesome simple and easy you guys were great so great to meet you and see everybody next time as well bye thanks for having us yay of course